the drip aficionado is hard at work again, people. We know you're sick of us. We know you hate us. That's why we're going to be here. The horse is back and our jockey is Russell Wilson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. I am a depressed fan who no longer has a franchise quarterback, joined by another maybe not so depressed fan who doesn't have a franchise quarterback, and joined by a guest who now has a franchise quarterback because of my team. Uh, I'm Jared. I'm joined by Justin, as always, and we've got our good friend Daniel Friedman on the show this week, the resident Broncos fan. We had to have him on in light of the big news that happened in the NFL this week. But uh, before we get into that, how are how are you guys doing? I'm I'm okay. Uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty good. We like yeah. you said, first <laughs> franchise quarterback, and since Manning retired, um, you know, nothing. Not not that I have anything against the elite talents of Joe Flacco and. I don't know any of the other 10 or 11 different quarterbacks that we've churned out and chewed out uh, (laughs) since then. But, you know, I'm feeling pretty, pretty good about the old life right now. You better be. Jared, do you want to hear what my intro was going to be? Yes, I do. I'm sorry. I was going to be. uh, That's okay. It's okay. I understand. You're emotional today. I I I need to let you have a have a W, but. I was going to ha- be uh, Russell will soon be gone, joined oh. by Sad in Seattle oh. and um, Delighted in Denver. Jeez. Uh, also That's very accurate, good. very yeah. accurate to how all of us are doing. Um, well, I mean, I'm sorry, Justin, that your prediction of uh, Russ going to the Bucks didn't come true. Yeah, that was kind of a bummer, but it is what it is, I guess. So- for the people out there, if, you, if you've if you been living under a rock and you don't know by now. For the two people that aren't aware. <laughs> yeah, the Seahawks decided on Tuesday this week that they were going to trade Russell Wilson to the Broncos, to Denver, in a blockbuster trade that some people are saying we haven't seen the likes of in the NFL before. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen one like this. I'll, I'll give them that. But Seattle sent Russell Wilson and a fourth-round draft pick to Denver – for uh, and correct me if I'm missing anything on this on Seattle's end, uh, two first round picks this year's draft, next year's draft, two second round picks this year's draft, next year's draft, and a fifth round pick along with uh, a couple players, including Drew Locke and Noah Fant, mm-hmm. going to Seattle. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Shelby Harris. Yeah, well. that's right. That's the other one. Yeah. So, um, I, I this all kicked off. Uh, I think because Aaron Rodgers signed his massive deal with the Packers same day, same uh, with Jared. The same I'm going to, um, can I stop you right there? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, what's yeah. interesting is I, I going to let you finish, but, but <laughs> my man, George Patton, my captain, I thought the same thing where it was like, Oh, Aaron Rodgers is off the market. Let's get the next best thing or arguably something better. But Apparently, Patton has been on the phone with the Seahawks for a couple weeks at this point. Like, this has been a conversation that's been being had for quite some time. Um, Russell Wilson also, it's reported that Russell Wilson, uh, if he was going to be traded, which more and more it was looking like he was, was saying that Denver was going to be his preferred uh, preferred team to be traded to. 
um, because of the fact that honestly, other than the quarterback, they're very much the most like win one of the most win now teams um, that was available. Yeah. So um, I think it was somewhat separate. However, the Aaron Rodgers thing was a kind of cherry on the cake yeah, of that, if nothing else. And sorry to cut you off here, just to make my great day even better, breaking news live as we record, uh, Adam Scheffner just tweets out that the Seahawks are releasing Bobby Wagner. Oh. So, yeah. the rebuild oh. is on, boys. The, the Rehawks, re- yeah. yeah. The rebuild is on. and Breaking news, Bobby Wagner signing to the Bucks. Well, Bobby we Wagner see. and Vaughn Miller listen, signing with the Broncos. Listen, I can only take so much heartbreak in a day, so we're not going to speculate on where Mr. Wagner's going right now. That will be Dude, for a future show. This this tells me, this tells me, the Seahawks are probably going to be starting Drew Locke. I mean, they yeah, very and, well uh, might. I'll uh, get to- it's a lock that they're getting a high draft pick next year. Oh, just soaking it. Revel in it, guys. <laughs> Just live it up at my expense. It's yeah. totally fine. I'll be curious to see <laughs> now. Here. How long have have you known me that I've been a Buccaneers fan that I've lived in agony? How long no, have we beaten on the poor Broncos? No, cosmically, yeah. we've literally beat a dead horse. Fight, literally, <laughs> the horse is back, and our jockey is Russell Wilson. <laughs> you know, cosmically for the NFL universe, this is hilarious. And it's it's just everything coming full mm. circle. The Seahawks are going to dip into uh, obscurity again for maybe another decade like we were before we had Russ. And it's fine. I'm coming to accept that. But it, this is what I'm going to say, though, especially with this most recent news that Wagner's being released. Yes, the total rebuild is on right now. And so make it completely total. Fire Pete Carroll. Get him out. Get, <laughs> Get Josh out Schneider out. I yep. want I want the board wiped clean if this is what we're doing. I mean, at this point, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, they're going to be out the door before too long, I'm sure. I um, mean, I think DK Metcalf is the chip they keep in their back pocket in case someone that they're like in a draft in the next coming couple of years, they've got some capital. DK Metcalf could be that extra chip. Like, hey, yeah, we want up. So... Yeah. I mean, I could see that to me as someone who appreciates the history of the sport. I'm also going to just say that this is a trade that spits in the face of our rich Seahawks history because the Broncos, no offense, Daniel, way back in the day used to be a division rival. Okay. (laughs) This is, this is an old time AFC West rivalry for the Seahawks. And I just, mm, in the team we beat in the Super Bowl that Russ got his only ring against. I did I did see an off of that, I did see an interesting little fun fact. Russ will now be the first quarterback to start on a team that he previously beat in a Super Bowl. Really? Yeah. That has to be crazy before. if he uh nope. if Russell could win a Super Bowl with the Broncos, have a Super Bowl with the team that you beat on your current team. Right. And like, what if they beat like, the Seahawks? Right. <laughs> it's it's like, that would be that would be such an insane. Like, obviously, I don't think the I don't think anybody's gonna put a whole lot of money on the Seahawks. We aren't in the same zip um, code as a Super Bowl. Conversation I saw. Right I think now. Caesar Caesar Sportbook 
for chances to win the Super Bowl. The Broncos got moved up to, I want to say, fourth, uh, like most likely team to win it. And the Seahawks dropped. I don't really know the number, but they dropped from like 40 to one down to like 75 to one, whereas the Broncos are sitting at like, I think 12 to one, whatever those Weird. odds. They were, mean. A, they were a higher number than there are even teams in the NFL. Yeah. They're, they're almost, they're rated be below some USFL teams. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Broncos, meanwhile, have almost as good odds now to win the Super Bowl as they've run through starting quarterbacks since before Russ and after Peyton. Yikes. It's, I mean, uh, I'm not going to say like crazy. You guys got rid of a certain man that, uh, was running the show or not you you promoted elway quote yes unquote. we fired him via promotion yeah <laughs> crazy that something good in the quarterback department happens as soon as he's gone it's almost like he know. didn't know what he was doing almost and i'll you know i'm really going to be curious to see because i it's unfortunate because elway is is our greatest like the broncos best player in, in their history is john elway right I don't, mm. there's, there's other players who are in that conversation. Sure. Manning, uh, Von Miller, um, you know, uh, the, I want to say sharp, but like Elway's the best player in the Broncos history. And one of the best players of all time, his time as GM and what he's done when he was running that team, his unfortunately kind of stained his legacy. I still think the legacy is really strong, but yeah. I'll be really curious to see when the next owner, whoever or whatever entity that becomes, because the Broncos now are up for sale as well. And this, I feel like um, maybe, I think it was you, Jared, earlier we were chatting about it. This trade brings the value of the Broncos up a lot because all of a sudden they're very much a team that's like capable of winning or at least making a Super Bowl this year and in the, in the coming years. Um, I'll be real curious to see what the new entity that owns the team uh, does with John Elway. Yeah. Um, and that is, that's a good point that you bring up that you guys don't have true ownership right now. Like yeah. um, it's, it's a very weird flux position for the Broncos or flux time, I should say. Um, and yep. I, I think you can also kind of akin Elway's tenure as a manager to kind of like Michael Jordan was. I was going to say Michael Jordan. An exceptional player, one of the greatest of all time. Right. Terrible at management. Does not understand the game as a manager. Right. And, you know, I, it wasn't in like the last dance, but, um, or was that the name of Michael Jordan's like special? Yeah. 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 It wasn't in that, but one thing I remember hearing about Michael Jordan is, and and obviously what we've seen uh, from him as a player and just him as a personality is that he is just, he wants to win. He's uber, uber competitive, wants to win, has to win at everything he does. And, you know, the fact that he's had such trouble in a managerial point, um, you know, the Hornets have struggled for as long as they have. It's like that really puts a lot that taxes him and that puts a lot of stress on him. And I think Elway is very much the same. He's, he's a competitor. He wants mm-hmm. to win. He wants to, you know, succeed at the highest level and not doing that for, you know, quite some time. Yeah, it's hard to win at the highest level when you whiff on almost all your draft picks. So. <clears throat> yeah. Or like your first rounders, I should say. Right. Your first rounders and what your, you know, the quarterback carousel. I was saying this to Jared earlier. The Broncos have had, they're tied 
for the um, most starting different starting quarterbacks since Peyton Manning retired of any team in the league. What Bronco and the Broncos and the uh, Browns? No, the Browns were a little less. I think it I forget really. Who, yeah, the Browns had like nine. Um, I for, I saw this stat earlier. I forget what other team. There was one other team that had eleven as well as the Broncos. Uh, 11. Jets maybe. Maybe the Jets. Yeah. But regardless, it's like, you know, you come off a Super Bowl and then you have a you have the worst quarterback carousel in the league for seven years, six, seven years. And that's like getting a guy like Russell Wilson immediately like grinding that carousel to a halt. Oh, Chalet, it's it's good, good, good for the Broncos. And, you know, it'll be nice for whoever picks them up to have a team picks them up I say as if they're not going to be you know possibly the most expensive sports franchise purchase in history (laughs) Uh, like whoever acquires this team is going to have a very uh high rate high potential for a successful team right out the gate which is going to be really exciting for a lot of people yeah no doubt I'm looking at some of these quarterbacks that have started and I'm like oh boy Because so, you got like Osweiler, yikes. you got Keenum, you got Joe Flacco, you got Simeon. Technically, Kendall Hinton started a game. Dude, Kendall Hinton, God bless him. God <laughs> bless best. him. He did. He, yeah, that was a wild situation. So this this whole thing too tells me one thing. Um, you know, as you guys both know, probably Russ had a no trade clause with mm-hmm. the Seahawks, meaning he had to sign off on this. And as you mm-hmm. pointed out earlier, Daniel, he um, reports have said that he was uh this was his like number one destination in free agency yeah if he was going to be traded i will preface that he did our our mutual friend i was chatting with our mutual friend (laughs) and mutual depressed seahawks fan mark and one of the first things that he said to me was i hope you like having a liar on your team because russ had said that he had wanted to you know maintain that he had wanted to stay in seattle so that was his first I think that was still his first, here's, you know. Um, I think it was still his first two. Choice, but, here, but. Here's what I will say also. Saying that Denver is your number one um, outside destination, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, going to a division who has guys like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, mm-hmm. uh, an up-and-comer in Justin Herbert and the Chargers, right. and Derek Carr, who we shouldn't, you know, scoff at either. Sure. So, so he, Russ, I think would have rather been in a tough AFC West with a good team around him than stay in a tough NFC West. And I think that's because of Pete Carroll. I I I think, yeah, I want to, I, cause I've also talked with Mark, not since this has happened, but Mm -hmm. our friend Mark. And yeah, he kept saying like, oh, Russ isn't going anywhere. He keeps saying that he wants to stay in Seattle. He wants to be a part of the Seahawks, which. I think it has taking some of Russell Wilson's statements a little bit to the extreme. When he said, I think, you know, him saying things like he loves the Seattle area, things like that. Right. Um, which he does. He's done a lot of good for that right. community. Right. But I think at the end of the day, what, what's caused is kind of what Jared is saying is the issues with the Seahawks that Russell Wilson's come to face, <clears throat> especially in the department of like Pete Carroll and how the, the team is being run. The lack of support, I mean, the the Seahawks have not had a real first-round pick for how long? 
Right. They haven't had that. They haven't had a real O-line for a long time either. Yeah, it's, it's hard to support a quarterback if you continually give away top-tier material. And, yeah, you guys get, you know, diamonds in the rough. You can't rely on that later. consistently, though. But, you're, yeah, you're, you're throwing away opportunities to get proven I mean, it's talent. no secret that Pete Carroll and John Schneider, for as good as they've been in the later rounds of the draft, have not been the best first round drafters when, when we even do pick in the first round, which right. is not often under their regime. And now, and it's kind of a nice little segue. Uh, now that we have this uh, first round pick this year, in the nine, draft, nine, nine overall, th- nine yep. overall uh, fun fact, we would have had 10 overall too, if we hadn't have traded it to the jets for Jamal Adams, who's done nothing for us essentially yeah. since getting him. So to be fair, have, I think at that time that was a good trade. You were happy about I that trade at the I time, was. right? Oh, I was. Believe okay. me, there's yeah, we, tape we, of it. we both uh, we both defended that trade, right? Right. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's that's not really what I wanted to go off on here. But I don't know what I want Seattle to do with this number nine overall pick, and it's not often that you have a top ten pick in the draft and you don't know what you want to do with it. Right. It's, honestly, it's not a great draft to have that pick because the quarterback class this year, there's still some good quarterbacks coming up, but it's not like it was with last year's class. I mean, right. who's our best option right now coming out of college? Kenny Pickett, probably out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, and um, he's gonna is go. That the man with the nine inch hands or whatever. Yeah, yeah. he's got he's got like Tiny Joe hands. Burrow hands or whatever. <laughs> hey, maybe that's well, the hey, secret. I, I, your hand puts well, that's that, you know, yeah, exactly. Right. I hope he has Joe Burrow hands. Yeah. But, uh, the thing was, and the one thing that does excite me about this class, but now we don't have a freaking quarterback to protect, is that there is a deep uh, pool of offensive linemen in this in this draft. Mm-hmm. The, you know, and finally, we have the opportunity to dip into that pool. And now, I mean, I am, and I'm going to say this too. I feel badly right now for Drew Locke because he is going to get crapped on so hard. Oh by yeah, so many Seahawks fans. Because he's not Russell Wilson. And it's not the guy's fault, obviously. I mean, he didn't ask for this. And he's probably going to come in and give it his damnedest. But he's at the end of the day, he's not going to lead us to places that Russell Wilson might have led us and did lead us. So yeah. I feel bad for Drew Locke in that sense. I And this getting rid of Bobby Wagner thing tells me that, yeah, the rebuild is on and that we're probably going to start Drew Locke next year. Yeah. I mean, I and don't I mean... see... <laughs> I've all, I've liked Drew Locke a lot since he came out of college. I have really liked him for a while there. I honestly did think he was our guy and that he could be the quarterback of the future. And that's definitely degraded to a certain point. I still like him and I still think he has a, a, a pretty high ceiling, but you know, uh, yeah, not put He's in, he's when he was in a position with offensive weapons and an, and a, a pretty good o-line like the broncos o-line i think that'll be something that russ is gonna uh take some time to get used to is having an offensive line that's not immediately letting him get turned into like paste (laughs) um but yeah i I think drew Locke. unfortunately i don't think he was traded as like the guy of the future it was more of a matter of you know what else can we do to what else can we do we need a quarterback maybe they draft a qb you know, like maybe they get Pickett or uh, I honestly don't really know any of the other uh, quarterback. That kid from Liberty, that Malik uh, Willis. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, and he, he the, of the thing that concerns some NFL 
GMs about him is he played at a quote unquote small school. Not that that always matters, sure. but uh, it is something that they have pegged as a negative for him right now. Anyway, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to do with that pick. I don't know what I want them to do with that pick. Honestly, it's weird because if you have Russell Wilson and then have a top 10 pick, I know exactly what I want him to do, but it's it's such a weird limbo area right now and do, do you think they shop that first round pick do i think they trade it away no. well i i think they can i don't want them to i mean I, I i think that the city of seattle would riot if we traded a top 10 pick away that we just got for russell wilson possibly uh-huh. the best player we've ever had in our franchise's history right um, i i can see it happening if that's what you're asking, I wouldn't be shocked, but I hope they don't. Um, I, I just need some more time to think about what I want them to do with that pick because right now I I'm at a loss right now. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a it was a bomb dropped on uh, the NFL world today on my world, for sure on yours too, Daniel, in a very different way. Yeah, It was much more confetti in my, in my bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i, I want to say this too because i am quite not happy right now as you guys know but i do want to say also uh a big just thank you to russell wilson for what he has done for the seahawks in the last 10 years uh this has been i would argue probably the best decade in seattle sports history largely because of him and because of where he's taken the seahawks we he won the franchise's first super bowl with them countless playoff appearances uh very exciting moments throughout his career in seattle uh great guy off the field did a lot for the community so uh, big heartfelt thank you from me to uh russ i mean it's it sucks to see him go this is hard to watch for me because i have been so used to seeing him under center for the last 10 years, but it's time to get used to, you know, I guess the post Russell Wilson, post Bobby Wagner era now. And as far as where Seattle goes from here, I, I really don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I think that you need to let go of Pete Carroll, um, especially if I, I think what's probably more than likely going to happen is they will keep him for one more year. And when this season inevitably turns out to be a six and 11 year uh, or a five, you are, you are really optimistic, man. I, I I mean, yeah, I'll have a renaissance at best a five and 12 year. Um, Then it'll be a reason to let Pete Carroll go Mm -hmm. um, as if this isn't reason enough in my opinion, but I don't know. It's a, the rebuild is on and I've never really like, the Seahawks have gone through rebuilds before, obviously, but I was not that much of a cognizant, excuse me, football fan at the time. So I'm going to get to experience my first like full on from the ground up brick by brick rebuild here. And I, I, I don't know how I'm going to handle it. I'm yeah. talking to two seasoned vets I know in that department, so yeah. I'm sorry. The Buccaneers you know, were basically in a constant state of rebuilding since they won their first Super Bowl. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if the Broncos were ever in rebuild mode per se. The last Just constant renovation. Yeah, just constantly renovating one single bathroom. <laughs> but the plumbing was poorly. still yeah poorly the plumbing was still leaky and the you were tiles trying to were fix, cracked you were trying to fix the plumbing with an electrician 
yeah you kept shocking yourself <laughs> yeah that's a good way to put it we kept yeah yeah but now we've got we've got a plumber we've got not jake plumber but <laughs> russ well, I hope he, and you know what? I'm happy for us. I'm happy that he's going to a team that has promise, that has playoff potential, because uh, a guy of his talent and caliber deserves it, man. I hope yeah. he takes you guys to the playoffs. I, yeah, I hope. I, mean, I hope you know that's going to be the AFC West once again is going to be a really fun division. Not that it wasn't before, but for a Broncos fan, especially that's going to be a really fun division to watch because now all of a sudden we've got three Uber strong and another pretty good team. The Raiders are still pretty good. And then we have three very talented rosters. So yeah, we are treated to now two guaranteed Russell Wilson versus Patrick Mahomes games in 2022 Mm -hmm. barring injury. Um, and, and two guaranteed Russell Wilson versus Justin Herbert games in 2022, yeah. uh, which is going to be fun to watch. I mean, those right. are going to be some firework games, I think. Yeah, um, I saw a stat earlier that all four all four quarterbacks um, now that are once Russ comes that are residing in the AFC West were all in the top half of quarterbacks for QBR rating. I think Herbert was third, Mahomes was was fifth. Russ was 10th and uh, Carr was 14th. So that's four very good quarterbacks. Okay. So right now I'm going to ask you both. Uh, here we are in March, the beginning mm-hmm. of March. Uh, with, with this trade now, what do you see the Broncos record and finish in 2022 being? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say because it's a 17 game season again that's that's yeah yeah moving forward i'm gonna say uh 11 and 6 and they lose the afc conference championship okay what about you justin um Let's see here. I want to. I need to check something really quick. Got well. Okay. Well, you check that. I agree. I, Eleven and six is exactly where I have you guys too. Uh, I probably have you going to the divisional round in the AFC just because the AFC is so tough right now. Yeah. Uh, with you know like the Bills and uh, Patriots, hopefully maybe going away, but maybe not. Uh, they are coming off a playoff appearance, albeit one that lasted about three minutes. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, you've got the Bengals. Uh, right. You've got yeah. I mean, so the AFC is tough, but I mean, the Broncos are right in the mix now. I mean, yeah. So the fact that the Broncos are for you know, because we've had conversations in the past. You know, I I've I said for the last few seasons with Drew Locke that the Broncos were a dark horse uh, for a wild card slot. Like they weren't certainly you know in the conversation for winning their division outright. Um, they weren't in the conversation for a sure thing for the Super Bowl or sure thing for a conference championship like the Chiefs or the Bills. But now it's like, yeah, they're looking really good. And they, I think they have a lot of potential to just inertly go deep with that team. And I think a lot of that now, as with any, as with any team and any year, I think a lot of it rests on how, the, how these guys can stay healthy. Yeah. Um, Cause a lot, we're getting, we're going to get a lot of guys back from injury um, in the coming season. That is going to, that's going to help Russ succeed. And that's going to help the team succeed 
quite a bit because I think the biggest thing that's going to be really key besides the fact that Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson, I think the biggest thing that's going to contribute to his success is a healthy and full-throated offensive line. You know, we've got Garrett Bowles, who's quickly turned into the one of the best, if not the best left tackles in the league. He's right up there. Um, He was having problems early, but he's gotten his stuff in order and he is very, very good. Um, Graham Glashow, if he sticks around, super good. Um, Dalton Risner, very good. So we've, we've got pieces to keep Russ safe. And I think, as I said earlier, that's something he's going to be excited about. And um, if he can gel with that as long as well as like a real running game and a lot of young weapons. Um, Let me tell you, man, to. a Russell Wilson who's upright and has time to work is a thing of beauty. Right. I remember what it was like back when we had Max Unger on the line and, you know, when we made that Super Bowl run and it's so fun to watch when he can yeah. perform to the best of his ability. But as of late, Seattle never gave him the opportunity to do that because he was always rushed, always under pressure, always getting hit. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just happy he's going somewhere that, you know, that a place that might treat him right, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's also for fantasy purposes, everybody, Broncos players stock has gone up guys like Portland <laughs> Sutton, Jerry, Judy, um, even, you know, for late, if you're looking for late wide receivers or mid season wide receivers, guys like Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, um, you know, someone, and, and of course the running backs too, you know, our running game has turned into a real threat between Melvin Gordon, which I begrudgingly say he's done. Okay. And then Javante Williams, it's like, you know, Russ, Russ has a lot of tools that he's going to be able to potentially succeed with. And, you know, that's what I'm most excited about is just having, you know, having a team that's like, we're going to get to see if the Broncos really are like one quarterback away from greatness, um, you know, or, and this, and even if not, this provides a much stronger baseboard to see, okay, what are the Broncos need to like be that team that's making the Super Bowl every year? What, you know, what do we, what do we still need to beat the chiefs every year or whatever, yeah, you know, every you other want- year or whatever. So the other great thing about this, I say maybe in quotations, uh, we're, we don't know when yet, but we're playing you guys next year. The Seahawks are playing the Broncos in Seattle at some point in Seattle too. So now we're going to that game, right? Hey, maybe, maybe depending on the time of year, man, it'd be a, let, let, yeah, let's think about it for sure. Um, but the, and maybe we're too far removed from that right now to even speculate, but do you think Russ gets a warm welcome or I think so? I think he does. Um, I mean, like you said, he has done as, as a, as a player, certainly he's had a lot of success. He's won more. What was it? He's won more games than any other quarterback in his first 10 seasons with a team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as well as, you know, I, he won Walter Payton man of the year one year, um, a couple years ago, a couple years ago, he's been a candidate multiple times. He's done a lot for Seattle. And I don't, you know, I don't think this wasn't something where it was like Aaron Rodgers um, kind of trying to beat his way out of town or, you know, like certainly not to the level of, you know, someone like Antonio Brown or, or Le'Veon yeah. Bell, Yikes. whereas, you know, he didn't play drum, you know, into this dramatic overture to get out of the city. He wasn't, you know, he hasn't done anything to warrant or even, 
um, to create any sort of negative tension. Um, like obviously there's going to be some salt, but I really don't think a lot of that will be directed at him. And I think a lot of the frustration with the Seahawks will not be at Russ because he's put everything he has, he's capable of putting onto the field for this team and put a lot back into this community. And I think a lot of the frustration is going to go towards uh, Pete Carroll and, and John Schneider, um, you know, because they're the ones that now have both lost Russell Wilson and weren't really able to get very much out of, relatively speaking, weren't able to get his full potential out of him in terms of like more rings than they should, than he, than what one that he had. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you've got to believe that game too, whenever it is, is a primetime game now. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. That's going to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, like storybook revenge tour storybook games of the season um and i think his i think his welcome will be as especially with the seahawks fan base as as um you know passionate as they are right the whole 12th man the fear of the 12th thing you know that that's one of the most one of the more passionate fan bases in the league and so you know the bringing him back and and having him especially if you know well it'll be interesting to see like if the broncos you know if it, if both of those teams come in if it's like especially if it's really early on before either team has had a chance to either do really well or tank yeah um that'll week be one? really week, week one, one opening night no? opening Who season no? <laughs> thursday night make it a boring game yeah uh, you know one would well, that would be would be something but yeah i definitely think it's like a sunday night monday night for um, sure. Would be yeah. that would be a that would be a fun game for the Manning cast. You have you have Peyton <laughs> Peyton breaking that game down. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, so as far as the other side of the trade, what Seattle got in return, Justin, I'll ask you as the neutral party in this. Do you think the Broncos gave up too much to get Russ? No, not really. Two, two firsts and two seconds is essentially what I see them giving up. They gave up Drew Locke, who potentially could have a high ceiling. We've seen that he can play fairly well, but we also see the other side of Drew Locke, which not as great. Yeah. Um, and they gave up, you know, Noah Fant at tight end, which is kind of bad, but, you know, he's what, like 31? 30, no, 30 he's, he's young because um, he was only grabbed. Yeah, he hasn't couple... been there that Oh, long. he's only 24. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. No, and but I, I think... think he was old. <laughs> you know. Sorry, it, Noah Fant. Uh, I will remember your age from now Shelby on. Shelby Harris <laughs> is a little bit older. I want to say Shelby Harris is 30. Maybe I flipped um, their ages up. Sure, but continue, please. Um, They gave up Noah Fant, who... Is fine. He's a fine tight end. Not not bad, but like I'm I'm actually kind of excited about fans, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> not that I have much yeah. to be excited about. I mean, about. so relatively speak, you know, I was I was talking about this earlier. I you know, I, I really like Noah Fant and I hope he has a lot of success in Seattle, certainly. Um it also would have been nice if we had like traded someone that wasn't to like maybe a slightly better player, but that was like a wide receiver or something, or, you know, maybe a, a better pick here or there. 
to keep Noah Fant because Russ has historically really liked his tight ends and having and Noah Fant has had you know not like boggling stats but he's been putting up 700 yard six 700 yard seasons each year and as a tight end and you know 10 touchdowns or so nine 10 touchdowns a season like he's been one of the better tight ends in the league um yeah I think it's the current state of the league has been not uber friendly to tight ends just in terms of like big explosive flashy plays it's been very much like a wide receiver league um but what i was going to continue on saying is noah fant is fine but Mm -hmm. there is a pretty notably deep free agent class of tight ends right now um not class i guess but a, a notable group of free agent tight ends like yeah. Mike Gusecki. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to go anywhere else, but Rob Gronkowski, he, I don't know. He, maybe yeah. he's going to play for Buffalo. We don't know. But like <laughs> guys like David Njoku from Cleveland, mm-hmm. I think that guy's been slept on for, for years. He yeah. would be a great additional for Russell Wilson to have. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Evan Ingram is going to be a free agent this year. Uh, CJ Uzoma. Is that how you pronounce that last name? Uh, uh yes, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, supposedly yeah. be free. Rudolph. Max yeah. Williams. Um, back to the Buccaneers. OJ Howard. Zach Ertz. OJ Howard. OJ Howard. I mean, I think he's been super underutilized on the Bucks. He's got the speed. He's had some crazy good plays, but uh, and kind of our coach right now. Uh, I mean, we had, you know, some good things going on with Gronk and uh, Cameron Brait. OJ was kind of the hurt guy and Bruce Arians isn't a super big receiving tight end guy, but I, I think he could, I think he could do well on a different team. I, I don't think we re-sign OJ personally. I hope we don't, mm-hmm. but I think, I think them giving up Noah Fant is honestly fine. I think you can improve at that position. And then, yeah, yeah so I, I flipped their ages. Shelby Harris is 30. Um, you know, I, I think Shelby Harris is good, but you know, you're not gonna get a lot more years out of Shelby Harris at that position. Yeah. Right. And he did <clears throat> he in twenty twenty one he did come off of his best career year so far. Um I think he had forty nine combined tackles and six six sacks, which for defensive tackles not bad, but that you know, the fact that six sacks was far and away his best year. You know, his his previous yeah. years had all been, you know, one and a half, three and a half, two numbers like that, which, you know, is is not terrible, of course, but, you know, just not that many. And and at 30 certainly doesn't feel like a player that's a cornerstone to or a chip to keep for, you know, moving for a rebuild, not a player that's going to be sustainably around for the a super long term future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I think the Broncos are getting the good half of this trade. Uh, the Seahawks, I, and I mean, this is going to be one that's something that we got to come back to. We got to let it exactly sit like a fine wine. We got to see what these picks I mean, turn into. We just talked about it a little bit ago that a couple, like a year and a half ago, you and I, Justin, were both pretty in favor of the Jamal Adams trade, but here we are in the future now. <laughs> and those picks uh, or not having those picks is 
hurt us. And Jamal Adams has not panned out. Not that I would argue the Jets have necessarily done a lot with those picks either, but we'll, I guess we'll see this year at 10 what they do. But yes, I mean, exactly. We're going to have to wait and see uh, what Seattle does with these selections now. Um, I will say it's kind of nice to have some draft capital again. Uh, I don't want to trade it away immediately like we might on draft night, as is a Pete Carroll classic to do. But uh, it, it is nice to have a first round pick again because we definitely didn't up until Tuesday. But yeah, I don't know. It's just a I'm not articulating my thoughts well as a, as well as I could be. I don't think on this episode because I'm still kind of trying to wrap my head around all of it. Like it's been a it blindsided me when the news came out. Um, as it did, I think a lot of NFL fans, like this was the trade of the last couple years, maybe. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I just don't right now. There's so many question marks. Um, there's what I think Seattle needs to do and they never do what I think they need to do. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you can boil this move down to, uh, the Seahawks as a franchise took a gamble on, their 70-year-old coach who's shown signs of letting the game pass him by instead of a franchise-caliber player who's proven himself. And I think that was absolutely the wrong gamble to take. And that's how I'm going to end that. Well, I think that's fair. And, you know, I think this uh, kind of wraps us up. There's there's not a lot of – well, there is other news going on, but this is the big one that we needed to talk about, especially with – you know, having Jared as a hardcore Seahawks fan and knowing Daniel as a hardcore Denver fan. That's why we had Daniel on tonight, man. Yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, the only other news I wanted to talk about is the Buccaneers franchise take Chris Godwin. So he's going to be around for a little bit longer hey. in Tampa Bay. I love to hear that. Happy news um, for two or three of us today. That's good. And then the other news that I think came out last week is the Buccaneers are planning on bringing the creamsicle uniforms back. Oh, okay. The actual biggest news of the off season. No doubt. That's a win for everyone. But anyways, I think that kind of brings us to the end of the episode, which means we've got to do calm. I, I, I've got this under control. Give me a little bit of faith. I'm I'm asking just a little bit. My esteemed co-host, I'm so sorry. Go on. But that brings us to shout-outs and call-outs. So, Mr. Jared Miller, I will let you lead us off with shout-outs. My shout-out this week is going to go to the uh, Charlotte FC fans uh, in the MLS because, uh, Daniel, you might know what I'm about to get at because you – follow soccer um but the fans in charlotte came out for their team's inaugural game the other night i think it was saturday Mm -hmm. um in uh in charlotte down there seventy-five thousand plus came out to that game they said it was the largest crowd for an mls game ever in the history of the league which i think is just bonkers um I'm I'm kind of psyched about having a team down there in Charlotte now in the MLS and boy if that showing by the fans was any indication of the support they're going to have uh that's super cool. I mean that's awesome. So shout out to them. Right on. Daniel, do you have a shout out? Um she might feel more of a cop out, but I'm going to shout out George Patton and the 
uh, fine leadership team at the Broncos right now for uh, maybe an obvious reason, maybe not, but finagling Russell Wilson. Um, you know, I honestly think like Broncos fanhood aside, I think that the Broncos definitely not quite highway robbery level, but they certainly got a good deal for somebody like Russell they, Wilson. They did who some is, finagling. They did do some finagling. Um, so, yeah, you know, I've been pretty uh, lukewarm, I'd say, on George Patton. I, do, I didn't know if he was really the guy. Um, I wasn't in love with him. I'm glad. But with between this move and then letting Vic Fangio go earlier this year, um, or last year, I don't know, whenever they let him go, you know, I think he's definitely gotten the ship on the right, back on the right um, path. And I'm really excited. And I think a lot of Broncos nation is really excited to see where the Broncos are going, which is something that we haven't really been able to say for quite a few years at this point. All right. And my shout out goes to our, our Montana State Bobcat, Troy Anderson, oh, who uh, had the yeah, fastest yeah. 40 of any linebacker at the Combine and is on track to become the highest drafted Bobcat in school history, it which is just awesome. Very pick, nice. Man. That's insane for a school like MSU. Yeah. Uh, great shout out. Great shout out. That is a great yep. shout out. Troy, um, we know, you, you know, we know you listen. Always. We're pulling for you on draft night. You kicked ass at the combine. Don't get drafted by the Seahawks. It's a nightmare right now. Stay away. Get drafted by the Broncos. <laughs> Join a strong defense. Win a Super Bowl. Honestly, I, I feel like the Bears are going to draft him. Me they too. seem to be able to, like, sniff out that FCS that's, talent, dude. That's, that's seriously true. kind of the vibe I get is he's going to Chicago. We'll see if we're oracles here in about a month and a half. See yeah. We've spoken into existence. And then we need to do shout or call outs. Um, I have a feeling we may have the same one, Jared. We talked about him a little bit, but I'll let you go ahead. Actually, we are not going to have the same one. I don't think, uh, my gut reaction was to call out everyone who signs checks in the Seahawks front office right now, (laughs) because boy, I've got some things to say, but that would be too easy. So I'm going to call out something completely different. It's actually not going to be one single team or person I'm calling out, uh, the uh, governing body in the NCAA and more specifically the Atlantic sun conference, because uh, Tuesday, the day we recorded this uh, Bellarmine, I think that's how you pronounce their name. They're the school that just moved up to division one basketball into the Atlantic sun. So per NCAA rules, you cannot qualify for the postseason in your sometimes one to two years of transition. Well, Bellarmine went and just won the A-Sun tournament in basketball. However, they cannot qualify for the NCAA tournament because of that. So where it gets real nutty is uh, they beat Jacksonville University in the championship. Jacksonville two nights ago beat Jacksonville State, who was the one seed in that tournament. They won the conference title in the regular season. Per the rules, Jacksonville State – not Jacksonville gets to go to March Madness because they were the regular season champion. And that is a bunch of malarkey. I think that it should go to Jacksonville University, 
who just lost to this team in the championship and beat Jacksonville state. It's so stupid, but so I'm calling out that entire system. I'm calling out that for, and I'm, I'm standing up for the poor team, Jacksonville. I I'm upset about that as well. Crazy. It's like the NCAA is kind of a bad organization overall. Gasp. Um, Daniel, do you have a call out? Um, sure. I didn't have a call out, but Jared's discussion of college basketball uh, brought one into the light. I'm going to call out the Duke's, Duke's men basketball team. Um, Coach K's final home game, the ticket prices were selling for, on average, higher price than all but three of the last 10 Super Bowls. So you know it was a hell of a game. The hot and, event. <laughs> and it was the event. Coach K, one of the greatest college coaches of all time. Uh, and the boys did not show up to play. They get their seated. They were rated number four in the country um, against an unranked UNC. Um, and they get blown out of the water at home in Coach K's last game. Like, boys, how do you, what to are you doing? To your rival, man. The, to a rival, 94-81, final score. Um, Duke falls three spots as that, and North Carolina becomes unranked or uh, ranked back to 25. I, I just don't understand. And, and watching them play a little bit, just watching some highlights, if you can really call it that for Duke. They did not show up to play. Like, this is a team, this is a coach that's given this school his entire, almost his entire career. And to have the team not really show up and play for him on their final night, especially in that second half, like, I, it's, that, you know, it's, it's, it leaves a bitter taste. And as the coach himself said, that night was unacceptable. Um, and, you know, going into March Madness, you're going to have, you know, if you're seat, whatever you end up seated, if they go to play like that, they're going to get, they're going to get knocked out early. And that's going to leave a, a very sour stain on the end of, of Coach K's career. Yep. So that scar is going to hurt for a while. I hope, those, I hope those boys get, you know, get their uh, pigeons in a coop or whatever the analogy <laughs> is uh, out yonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A coach like that deserves, you know, I don't, I don't want Duke to win the championship, but they deserve better than you know the perform the tier of performance that they gave on that at that game. Yeah, he deserves better, rather. All right, what about you, Justin? Uh, I'm going to call out the NFL organization for the suspension of Calvin Ridley. Not that I don't think Calvin Ridley should shouldn't be suspended, but. They have suspended him for an entire season for betting $1,500 on a, I think it was an 18 parlay. Yeah. Um, and if we look back, you know, over the past years, guys like, we're going to use Tyreek Hill as an example, who were brought up on domestic violence charges, got suspended for a few games. This is an unequitable treatment and not, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to put it, but like, it like that's so crappy. I was like, where it's hypocritical is what it yeah, is. Hypocritical. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's just crappy. Like, unfortunately like, shouldn't be betting on games, I guess, but yeah, 1500 and I... bucks and you're going to throw the entire book and yeah. the encyclopedia, you know, selection it came with adam and and unfortunately 
whether it's right or wrong, and I think it's wrong, in all of sports, the number one sin you can have, the cardinal rule you absolutely cannot break is gambling. Um, yeah. Ask Pete Rose in baseball. Ask, you know, I mean, there's many examples of this. Uh, they will throw the book at you harder for this than anything else. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, but at the, on the same token, we have an allegation circulating still that the Dolphins – ownership may have paid Brian Flores or tried to incentivize him to tank games. So it's pretty bad. Look, if you're the NFL with that going on. So that's a good call out. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, the NFL is basically saying like, you can hit a hoe, but like, don't gamble. (laughs) True. Also women aren't hoes. I just, I, it was alliteration. I got, I I would like to apologize on my talk show. (laughs) Get ahead of me be like... before you get canceled, Justin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, I think that's going to wrap us tonight, guys. I think it's going to wrap us tonight as well. So I concur. And I appreciate you boys having me on and letting me ramble my excited ramblings as ever, as always. Of course, of course. Yeah, man. Uh, we needed to talk to a Broncos fan and try to dissect all this craziness. We appreciate you joining. Yeah. Yeah. And we would also like to thank all of you lovely listeners out there. Thank you for tuning in for, to another exciting episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. We always appreciate when you come and listen. Um, and whether or not you're joining us from iTunes, Spotify, or the illustrious can on a string, we hope you've enjoyed the podcast. I've been Justin. Today, we've been joined by Daniel. And of course, we've been joined by my stalwart co-host, the man that will rise above this sadness, Jared. Like like a phoenix from the ashes, man. Yeah, or like a seahawk from the ashes. It's ashes. ashes. The the kelp? I don't know. (laughs) The fishy fishy paste from Pike. Like a seahawk from Pike's place, (laughs) he will rise above. (laughs) But we hope that you've had a great time and we'd like you to never forget. Party like it's 1976. (laughs) 